Hello, you're listening to Artspin on Sination with myself, Christian, today. And I'm very happy to be joined on the phone right now by playwright Joanna Murray-Smith, who's here to talk to us about uh, American Song, which is about to be performed at Red Stitch Actors Theatre. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joanna. It's a great pleasure. Um, yeah, so could you just tell us about what uh, American Song is about and what originally uh, inspired you to, to write this play? Well, American Song was originally commissioned by an American theatre company and they had wanted me to write something for them and I had asked them what they, you know, wanted and they had suggested a play about guns in America. And I, of course, said, listen, I'm an Australian, we're not crazy, we don't have guns, Um, that's not the play that um, I can write for you but I'm sure in the future we'll find something that works. And then within about two days, I, I was in America at the time, within about two days I had an idea for how I could tell the story of guns in America without, you know, having a cast of thousands representing every single angle of that social issue because part of the intimidation of that subject is that there are, it, it covers so many areas of, this, of American society in terms of the legal networks, the medical networks, the criminal networks, um, you know, the, the political uh, landscape in terms of the NRA and the anti-gun lobby. It just seemed too vast to be able to tell that story. And I don't really like telling overtly political plays. I like my plays to be kind of subtly political. So, you know, that was the great kind of challenge. But when I started thinking, I actually went and saw a one-man show while I was thinking about it, which was with the actor Ed Harris. And it was in a little tiny theatre, and it was such an affecting experience as this one actor told his story directly to the audience. And I suddenly thought, hey, I wonder if I can tell the story of guns in America through a single voice. And the excitement about that idea was being able to tackle a subject that most people have a political position on, but to do it in such a way that the audience wasn't aware of what side I was on until it was too late to go back. Um, because I didn't want the audience to sort of sit in the theatre and go, oh, this is a play written by a lefty, it's anti-guns, we know exactly what we're going to hear, it's going to be a preachy play. I wanted people to come and hear a human story that talks about the human consequences of guns and not feel as if they're being politically manipulated. Right. So you didn't want this sort of um, ventriloquist kind of effect with um, with your protagonist. You wanted it to be very much they're getting to know a, a person who's like a, a character, your creation, rather than, oh, well, this is just Joanna sort of speaking through this man. Exactly, exactly. And so the way I thought to do that was to have a, a character whose life is forever destroyed, really, by guns, but in an oblique way. So it's not immediately obvious how his life is destroyed by guns. And to tell his story in such a personal way that you're so involved with him and you like him so much that by the time the gun issue comes to life in the play, you're invested in him. And you, begin, and you feel emotionally the impact of guns, you know, rather than listening to a political statement about guns. Mm. Because, yeah, um, as I was reading up on, um, on this play and the story, it, it, it seemed to me to be um, possibly just as much about gun laws in America as about um, parenthood, really, and about you know, parents reflecting on what they, the shoulda, woulda, coulda um, of, 
you know, when, when your children get to a certain age, I suppose. So, yeah, it c- certainly did sound like it was um, very, very personal. Um, and you know, Yeah, we, we, and so the whole issue of parenting um, with regard to the play is really the key to how the play can be universal rather than um, just a, a story about America because we all have the experience of or many of us have the experience of making people that we have no control over and the bizarreness of that and the shock of that and the fact that when we have our first child, we often think that that child is made in our, in our image and they are going to be a reflection of our morality and our values and then it turns out that they are utterly their own people. Um, and I think that this story is about someone who feels as if they do everything right with their child while they're parenting, but then their life goes so deeply and and catastrophically awry that they are forced to ask whether there was something that they could have done differently that would have led to a different outcome. And I think uh, certainly when the play was on in America, there were people who were approaching the play from the point of view of guns and and the gun question, Um, but there were others who were just reacting to the play in terms of that feeling of your life spinning out of control and wondering if there is one point in your parenting or one point in your early life where if you change that one moment, everything would have changed and been okay. Um, which is sort of, I think, um, a kind of powerful existential question that we often ask ourselves, you know, when we end up in a difficult situation or when we're struggling, we say, well, when did this begin? And was there something that I did that now I would do differently? Mm. <laughs> I, I guess in, in the writing world, it, it, um, it's certainly the subject of a lot of uh, time travel stories. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an, I know. To, to be able to sort of track that all down to like you know, one moment or one decision, I guess in, in some situations it probably oversimplifies it. But, but it, is, it is certainly a, it's a tempting sort of line of thought to go down, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, um, yeah, I, I think that's part of what we like about Andy is that he examines his life and he tells us the story of his life. Um, and quite comically, you know, he's quite a funny guy. He's a very approachable guy. Even though the play is ostensibly on a very serious issue, um, it's quite lighthearted for um, a big chunk of it. And he's sort of saying, I wonder where things, where I could have stopped things unfolding the way that they did which I think is a kind of very beguiling idea to lots of us. And then as the play goes on, you realise that the scenario he is uh, kind of imagining having interrupted or having changed is a very, very dark scenario, but not irrelevant to any of us. I mean, it's, it is about violence. It's about contemporary society. It's about something that happens that could very possibly happen to any of us. And uh, it's kind of the play in that way is sort of very, I think it's kind of terrifying play um, because his predicament is not a predicament that's sort of utterly fictitious and specific to himself. It's something that any of us could, in our raising of children, could could have to face in in one way or another. Mm. And you included, really, I'm I'm, I'm guessing. And me included, yeah. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Certainly having teenage children at the time, or a, I think I had 
two of my three were teenagers at the time when I wrote the play, mm. one or two. Um, and, uh, you know, that sense of your children being remote from you, you know, even loving and very available children as mine are, um, are still in many ways an unknown quantity in those teenage years. Um, they have their own thoughts, they have their own preoccupations, they have their own world going on. And uh, you hope that it's fine, but in a way, there are no guarantees. And there is really no way other than by invading their privacy and their independence that you can get any kind of clarity on that. And most of us don't want to do that. You know, most of us want to trust our kids and most of us want to have faith that our kids are, are good people and on track. And, and But you never really know. And that in today's world where there are so many kind of unknowns that are that parents are facing for the first time, like the proliferation of technology, the uh, incredible overload of violence in popular culture, and these kinds of things that we're facing as parents that our parents didn't have to face with us, certainly not in equal measure. You know, it's, it's really challenging, I think, for parents to ever find the point of being able to relax about what forces are uh, affecting their children and how their chil- how your children are handling it. Mm. Well, I suppose, well, I mean, yeah, it, it, even if it gets to a point where your children are quite remote from you and their, well, their own individuals, really, uh, in, in terms of, I guess, how that is sort of viewed externally by, by society, like you know, other people looking at um, <laughs> your child uh, and, and the parent, you know, in, in other people's minds, it can certainly still seem like the child, look like the child is an extension of the parent and is responsible for well, yeah, a certain life paths, certain choices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's a, something that looks particularly dramatically sort of, you know, accomplished or healthy, or you know, the, the other extreme, um, something that's gone terribly wrong. So yeah, there, yeah. There is sometimes a, a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah. yeah, and and it's sort of in a way I think it's important that there is because I mean every generation is is different to the next one that comes along, and um, on some level there has to be a disconnect there. You know, yeah. we are the products of a different of different times. But, yeah, it is terrifying, especially since you've, you know, with your own children, you've held their hand for so many years. And then when they reach the point where they don't want their hand held anymore, it's um, very challenging and difficult, I think, for parents. And it's not something that's much talked about. Yeah, I find that um, knowing when to let go when you have to, or what exactly do you find is not um, talked about often enough? Yeah, when to let go and how to let go. And when when there's too much letting go, you know, where, I mean, I'm, there are situations like that as well where you feel like um, we have demanding, and I, I certainly felt like that at times where I thought my life is very demanding and very, my working life is demanding and, and very compelling, you know, and yet I can't take my eye off the ball, you know, um, for too long. And uh, it's a pretty, pretty common scenario, I think, for modern parents, you know, both of whom in, in most cases are working. Mm. But, you know, this is the, the kind of tragedy of the play is that even with the best will in the world, there are mysteries to the whole process of children growing up and we can't answer every mystery and, uh, and we can't control every outcome. And this is the, the terrible tragedy that Andy has to face. And I have to say that Joe Petruzzi, who's um, playing Andy, who I'm literally right now just... Uh, I've just come out of a run of the play... Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so extraordinary. He's one of the Red Stitch actors, um, and uh, so he's one of the company, and he just fell in love with the play, and 
I kind of fell in love with Joe and uh, he's so absolutely perfect for this play because he's totally accessible and a very, very sort of deep-feeling actor and it's quite hard to find middle-aged male actors who can really kind of tap into their emotions fearlessly but Joe is one of the few who is sort of um, fearless at doing that and, uh, you know, I just think his performance alone is kind of spectacular. Wow, and of, of course, with a play like this, um, that that casting is you know, so essential to the to the success of it. Yeah, because I suppose, exactly. yeah, as, as far as the audience is concerned, I mean, even even though you're the playwright, you know, these words are well, well, yeah, the the character is Joe's. The the words are Joe's because they're hearing it out of his mouth and out of this character. So yeah, really, in the way, do you feel as though you are? Well, it's you have to be very trusting. Yeah, yeah. And, and, well, you know, that's a playwright. Um, well, <laughs> we, we we write our little babies, and then we, you know, like our children, we let them out in the world, and and uh, who knows how they're going to be, um, you know, battered about by life and other people's influences. But of course, more times more times than not, you're amazed at the power of the creative collaboration and how much better your creative collaborators make what you've done. So it's usually, a, I mean, occasionally it's not, but usually <laughs> it's a very happy experience. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, yeah, very different to, say, writing a novel, I would imagine, in, in that regard. Um, yeah, well, yeah. that's why it's very sociable and, and you're not in control, you know. I mean, I guess with a novel you're not in control of how people receive what you do, but mm. um, it's, uh, it's kind of different and it's also different the fact that, you know, a, a lot of the time you're receiving your work with your audience. Like if you're sitting in the <laughs> audience, you're actually there with them as they're um, experiencing what you've created, which is uh, certainly very different to the novelist's experience. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today, Joanna. Were there any last things you wanted to say about the uh, play before you wrap up? Not really. I just um, would encourage your listeners to um, go to the theatre. There's so much (laughs) great theatre going mm-hmm. on in Melbourne and a lot of these smaller uh, independent companies like Red Stitch are really just I- incredible little hothouses of uh, creativity and, you know, tickets are not as expensive and, you know, so, um, you know, get out there and uh, and support our local writers and actors and directors. Beautiful. Um, so it's uh, American Song is um, opening Saturday the 7th of October and runs until um, the 5th of November at Red Stitch Actors Theatre, which is at uh, Rio 2 Chapel Street, St Kilda East. Uh, and, yeah, I think that's a great thing to generally encourage people, just, just to s- see more theatre in general and support yeah. Um, yeah, all these different companies. And, well, take advantage of the fact that we're in Melbourne as well, especially. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much. And, um, okay, <laughs> hope thank you. you. Uh, All right, well, many, many, yes. many thanks for your interest. Oh, absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, and yes, I'll be coming along to opening night as well for this one. Oh, um, fantastic. Well, come and introduce yourself to me. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm yeah. sure we'll both enjoy it, yes. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, thanks.